and uh, I'm going to start by uh, sharing with you something I shared several years ago, but it needs to be, I think it needs to be reread today. Uh, this is simply entitled Man Rules, okay? These are the rules that men uh, would like every uh, female in their life to uh, know and understand. These are the rules that, that we live by, and uh, these are the things that uh, every man in this room uh, it, would like to say to his wife, but he's too scared to, so I'm going to do it for him, all right? Here are 15 man rules, and they're all number one. You go figure. Number one, men are not mind readers. Hey, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching up those balls to you today, guys. Come on, knock it out of the park. Men are not mind readers, right? Number one, crying is blackmail. So quit it. Number one, and this is so important, listen up. Number one, learn to work the toilet seat, okay? You're a big girl. If it's up, put it down. We need it up, you need it down. You don't hear us complaining about you leaving it down. Okay, y'all are bigger sissies than the guys in the first service. They were manning up. Number one, ask for what you want. Let us be clear on this one. Subtle hints don't work. Strong hints don't work. Obvious hints don't work. Just say it. All right. Number one. Yes and no are perfectly acceptable answers to almost every question. Number one, come to us with a problem only if you want help in solving it. That's what we do. Sympathy is what your girlfriends are for. Number one, Anything we said six months ago is inadmissible in an argument. In fact, in fact, all comments become null and void after seven days. My all-time favorite, number one. If you think you're fat, you probably are. I'm not done. If you think you're fat, you probably are, so don't ask us. Number one, if something we said can be interpreted two ways, and one of the ways makes you feel sad or angry, we meant it the other way. Number one, you can either ask us to do something or tell us how you want it done. Not both. If you already know best how to do it, just do it yourself. Number one, Christopher Columbus did not need directions and neither do we. Number one, all men see in only 16 colors. Peach, for example, is a fruit, not a color. Pumpkin is also a fruit. We have no idea what mauve is. 
Number one, if we ask what is wrong and you say nothing, we will act like nothing is wrong. We know you're lying, but it's just not worth the hassle. And I got to do this again because I'm hot, man. I'll tell you what. Woo, this is tough stuff. Man. I am in shape. Number one, I am in shape. Round is a shape. And number one, thank you for listening to this. Yes, we know that we're going to have to sleep on the couch tonight for Amen and Brother Will. But did you know that men really don't mind that? It's kind of like camping out. Come on. Well, I feel better that's over with. Why would I say that? Because that's today's sermon. Don't be afraid to be a man. Don't be afraid to be a man. Okay, I'm going to say this over and over again today, so I want you to get it. I, I, I love women. Not, you know, take that for what it's worth. Women, women are amazing creatures made by God. But God made women to be women. And God made men to be men. And it's time men started acting like men and that we man up and be the man God made us to be. Few people in the Bible are more recognized for their manly qualities than the man after God's own heart, the great King David. He was an extraordinary warrior. He was an accomplished musician. He was a skilled author, a man of great wisdom, and he was a trustworthy shepherd to his father's flocks. He was also courageous, passionate, a great leader, and certainly flawed. David was a manly man who achieved greatness in his lifetime. A man all men today should study for lessons on how they can be a better man. David knew what it was like to be a man. And as he lay dying, he called his son Solomon to his bedside and he gave Solomon, his son, some final instructions. And I think they are noteworthy to mention. In 2, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, this is what the great king said to his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth. So, be strong and show yourself a man. Wow. Solomon, you be strong. And you go out there and show yourself to be a man. The king was not telling his son to be a male. That would have been unnecessary. Instead, he was charging his son to be all that it means to be a man. A man of God. To be a manly man. The words, show yourself a man in Hebrew, means something like, become what it means to be an extraordinary man. The word show helps us because it puts the emphasis on the idea of doing or demonstrating or fleshing it out. Fleshing out and living out the characteristics of real manhood. In other words, this father said to his son, 
go out there and behave like a real man. Well, the Apostle Paul picks up on this same theme as he's writing to the church in Corinth. In fact, at the end of the letter in chapter 16, he speaks, I believe, directly to the men of the church. And he gives them some words that may well sum up the encouragement that men today need. Men today who are facing the challenges of living in a paganistic world. So what is the instruction? 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. He said to the men of the church, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. About the same thing that King David said to Solomon. Act like men. Be strong and let all that you do be done in love. In these two verses, there are five strings of imperatives that remind us of the things that we need to do to be the men that God has called us to be. You might be thinking, well, how do I man up in today's world? How can I be a manly man? Will you just do these five things that Paul talks about? And you are well on your way to showing yourself a man. What are they? Number one, be on your guard. The literal translation, men, is this. Watch. Be watchful. Pay close attention to. In fact, in the Greek, it is a one-word imperative. Watch. Guys, listen. You need to be on your guard. 24 hours a day. Remember Jesus' words to His three companions in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus was facing the greatest challenge of His life, the challenge of the cross. He was fully ready to face the tremendous conflict that would occur. But in the back of His mind, He was wondering, will My disciples be ready? So He said in Matthew 26, 41 to them, Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh or the body is weak. And so the admonition to men today is this. Be watchful. Be alert. And along with that, you need to be praying. Men, listen to me. We need to be alert because we know the dangers of only one unguarded moment. Our enemy is out there and the Bible tells us that he is like a lion prowling around looking for people that he can destroy. And the Bible is filled with examples of what can happen in a single unguarded moment. Again, I want you to know that King David is one of my heroes. I, I love to read the, the account of his life. What a, what a man he was. What a manly man he was. He was a great man in the eyes of God and in the eyes of Israel. But did you know that in an unguarded moment, he fell into a temptation that led to a sin that changed and ruined the rest of his life? Because of one unguarded moment, he had to pay for that the rest of his life. Also think of a guy named Simon Peter. In an unguarded moment, he, he started boasting and he said things before he really thought them through. What he boasted was this, Lord, if everyone else falls away, I never will. Even if I have to die, I will never disown you. 
But you know the rest of the story. Right after that, Jesus was arrested and Peter denied that he even knew Jesus not only one time or two times, but he did it three times. We all know good men who in a moment of unguarded watchfulness left their life open to the temptation of the evil one. In fact, that may be true for every man that is in this room. If it is, I want you to know, God can forgive you. He wants to forgive you. He forgave David. He forgave Simon Peter. God can forgive and God can still use you. But the point for all of us here today, no matter what our situation is, we need to be on guard. We need to be spiritually discerning and wise. We must be constantly alert and awake, watching and praying. So guys, be on guard. That, what does it mean to be a real man? You're on guard. You're on guard. Number two, stand firm in the faith. Literally, that's what verse 13 says. Stand firm in the faith. God is telling the men at Corinth literally to stand fast. To persevere. There are many things that can threaten to knock us from our stance. But we need to do whatever it takes to stand. Now, if, if you play athletics, the, the first thing that coaches are going to tell you is that you, you need to be in a good, solid stance. I mean, I can remember first grade playing football at Emerson Elementary School. The first thing our coach taught us is you get in a good stance. When you're batting, get in a good stance. I took Taekwondo. Green belt. Get in a good stance. Distribute your weight. Be solid. Why? If you're not in a good stance, somebody can just push you over. And you need to be standing firm. But we are not to just stand firm. We are to stand firm in the faith. Certainly, we need to always put our trust and our confidence in the Lord. But this imperative demands that we should stand firm in the faith. So what does in the faith mean? Well, the faith is the truth of the Word of God. It is the truth of the Gospel. That, men, is what we are to stand firm in. The Word of God. Listen to Jude verse 3. Beloved, Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to all the saints. Now what we need to understand is this. Just like those Corinthian men Paul was writing to, we live today in a culture in which truth is regarded as relative. And what that means is this. Somebody will say, well, what is true for you may not be true for me. And people just live however they want to live. Our society is, is tottering on this concept of objective, unyielding spiritual truth. Our world is dedicated to spiritual and ethical plural, plural, pluralism. Dads, what that means is this. Hard decisions are going to have to be made about what will and what will not happen in your home. 
What does it mean to be a man? Well, if this is what it means, you're going to have to take a, a stand, a firm stance in the truth of the Word of God. And you're going to have to stand there. Even if the kids don't like it, you're going to have to stand there. Even if you're spurned by other fellows at work and other people, you're going to have to stand on what is right. Stand firm in the faith. If we are to be the witnesses God wants us to be, and if we are to have the relationship with God that He wants for us, then we must follow Paul's admonition to stand firm in the faith. Number three, we need to be men of courage. Literally, I read out of the ESV because it translates this literally, and it says, act like men. Act like men. God wants us in the midst of our spiritual watchfulness and our commitment to stand firm in the truth of the faith and to act courageously as Christian men. Now, the, the picture that he's painting here is of an experienced soldier of the first century. It is the picture of courage gained from being proven on the battlefield. Here is, here is a soldier who is out there on the battlefield with other men. What is he doing? He's acting like a man. That's what it says, act like a man. You don't cower down to the enemy. You don't turn and run. You stand there and fight. You take your face, place on the battlefield and you fight the fight that is in front of you. So men, what I have to say to you today is this. We've got to stay in the battle. Day in and day out. We need to be at our post. We don't run. We face the fight. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So gentlemen, understand there are going to be ups and downs. But we need to be steady in the battle. There will be highs and lows. But we have to just keep showing up for our duty as men of God, as husbands, and as fathers. Now, I've said this before, but I've got to say it again. Men are made different than women. God made us different. Because God wanted us to be... Each one of us, both men and women, have certain jobs that only we're supposed to do. Women were made to do certain things that men can't do. And by the way, ladies, you do them a whole lot better than we do. Men were made to be men. And to do things that women aren't supposed to do. And part of that is to stand your ground on the battlefield and act like a man. I, th I think a big part of that is to be the provider and the protector. That's what God made us for. I've told you this story before, but i, I got to tell you again because it's one of my favorites. we got some new people. They haven't heard it, so here it is. We lived in Pine Bluff for seven years. If, if you want to know what hell is like, you just go to Pine Bluff because it's pretty close. It's a pretty rough place. One Sunday night after church, Angie and Whitney and I went to Burger King. 
Whitney was just a little thing. She may not even remember this. I don't, I, Whitney, I can't remember how old you were, maybe four, five, six years old. You were just a little kid. We went in, ordered our hamburgers, whoppers, french fries, toast. I can remember the exact seat we were sitting in. We were the only people in the restaurant. Nobody else was in there. We were sitting there having our meal, talking about the day that we had. All of a sudden, this guy came in the front of the store, and it was kind of a shotgun Burger King. He came in the front, and as soon as he busted in that door, and I mean he pushed it hard, he came in yelling and screaming and cussing at one of the cooks in the back. Well, the cook in the back heard him, and he leaped over the counter, and they met in the middle of that restaurant, and they were duking it out. I mean, they were bashing each other on the head. It was a knockdown brawl of a fight. It scared my little Whitney to death. She started screaming. She went under the table. She was afraid for her life. It scared my wife. Now, let me tell you something about my wife. Miss Angie grew up watching wrestling on TV. In fact, she would go to Memphis every once in a while and watch it. One of her goals as a little girl was to be a female wrestler. Y'all didn't know that about her, did you? And I mean, she's got some moves. I'm telling you, she can put, she can put you in a spinning toe hole, let me tell you. So don't mess with her. But you know what? It scared her. And can I be honest with you? It scared me. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to pull out knives. I didn't know if they were going to pull out guns. I didn't know if they were going to start fighting with us. I was scared. My little daughter's under the table screaming. My wife is scared. I'm terrified. But Ken, something happened to me at that moment. Something happened on the inside of me that just kind of boiled up. And I got out from that booth and I bowed out my chest. And I said, hey, you guys get out of here. Take that outside. Now, if they would have turned on me, I would have probably been with Whitney under the table, let me tell you. I don't know, maybe, maybe for the first and only time in my life, I think I was man enough. I was acting like a man. Because you know what? That's what a man does. He loves his family. He protects his family. And by the way, listen to me. Don't you come breaking in my house trying to do harm to my wife and my kids. They are protected by Glock, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, and Brother Will. I said that to act tough, so that just made me, man, I'm just, I'm feeling manly right now. But it, that's my job. And guys, let's stop wimping out. Let's stay on the battlefield. Our families need to be protected. Who's going to protect them? You're supposed to. Number four, be strong. Literally, be strengthened. Now, this, this one is in a passive voice as opposed to the first three admonitions of the passage. When Paul tells his readers, number one, to be on guard, number two, to stand firm, number three, to be people of courage, he is telling them things they are to do. You do these things. 
But when he tells them to be strong, however, he is referring to a willingness to allow God to strengthen them. Guys, listen to me. This is something God does to you. This is something God does for you. Not something that you can do for yourself. The instruction is for you to submit to the strengthening power of the work of Jesus Christ. Thus, Ephesians 6.10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Ephesians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is not something we do ourselves. This is something God does for us. But there is something we must do. We must submit ourselves to Him so that He can make us strong in the faith and the truth. We submit, He fulfills His promise to strengthen us. And then number five, if you want to be a real man, everything you do must be done in love. You know, it is possible to be on your guard, to stand firm in the faith, to be men of courage, to be strong, but to do all of those things in a way that is not in love. That's why this last statement is so important. All of this must be done out of a servant's heart of love. Remember our Lord's last gathering with His disciples? John chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for Him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved His own, who were in the world, He now showed them the full extent of His love. And what did He do? He girded Himself with a towel. He took a basin and He washed His disciples' feet. John 13, 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. You see, the life we are called to live in Jesus Christ is a life of love. The model for this is the love of the Lord Jesus Himself. Jesus loved us and gave His life for us. John 13, 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you are to love one another. So guys, if you want to man up and show yourself a man and act like a man, you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You love your wife and kids. A lot of people think being a real man means that you, you, you sit on, in your recliner bare-chested, watching TV, drinking a beer, yelling at your wife and kids and kicking the dog. That's not what real manhood is. Being a real man is loving God, loving your wife, respecting your wife, loving your kids, teaching your kids, and loving people. I don't know about you, but I want to man up. I want to act like a man. I want to be a man of God. So gentlemen, would you join me today as we ask God to help us do that? And as we go out and show ourselves as men. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to the men of this church. Stir their hearts, dear God. 
Help us to have a strong desire to be the man you've called us to be, the man our wife needs, the father our kids need, the men of God this world needs. And dear Lord, if there's something lacking in our life, I pray that we would again man up, come to the altar, admit it, and ask for your help in making it right. Dear Lord, I pray that each man that is here would have the courage to come and ask you for that grace, and that mercy, and that love that they need in their life. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand. Men, I'm asking you to join me here at the front as we pray and ask God to help us go out and show ourselves as men to act like men, to be manly men. Would you come and join me? Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for the women who are here today. Thank you for the godly ladies that make this church up. Thank you for the women who are faithful to be the godly wife, and the example to their children that you made them to be. Dear Lord, I pray that you would help our ladies encourage and allow their husbands to be the man you created them to be. Dear Lord, I pray that the mothers who are here today would encourage and allow their sons to grow up and be the man God made them to be. Dear Lord, I pray that every man in this room would understand what it means to act like a man. And I pray, dear Lord, that we would start acting like men. I pray that we would become examples for these younger boys in this room and the children, the boys back with Brother Johnny could look up to and to say, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a man just like him. Lord, we can't do that by ourselves. We need your help. And so we humbly ask you for it today. Give us the courage to stand as men, to act like men, to show ourselves as men.
and to praise you through it. I pray a blessing on every man who is here. Use us, Lord, to make a difference in our world. In Jesus' name we pray.